Welcome to the Art Studio Insights Podcast, where we demystify the creative process and exchange idea with career-minded artists. We are your hosts, Adriana May and Jackie Sanders. We are two emerging artists sharing forward the advice and business lessons we have learned along our journey. So if you are not already, please subscribe. This will help other creatives like you find our podcast and you'll be notified when we drop a new episode every Tuesday. On this week's episode, we are going to be discussing 10 creative warm-ups. So just to throw this out there, the creative process can definitely be cyclical in nature. Mountains and valleys, people. Mountains and valleys. Oh, yeah. And a lot of times after you've put in all this effort and built all this momentum into a series of work, a collection, a series, afterwards you just feel like, where do you go next, right? You just kind of get into this in-between place and it can be a little hard to try to climb back up that mountain. I have heard from a little bird out there that (laughs) certain someone named Jackie just went through this, didn't you, Jackie? So yeah, the past few months, I feel like if anyone's been following on my newsletter or on social media, I just put down my first solo exhibition, which was so, so exciting. (laughs) Super exciting, yeah. It was up for like the whole first quarter of 2021, but that was definitely a huge push of mine through the end of last year. So after hanging that exhibition in January, I was definitely borderlining burnout. Um, which I feel like is always a constant cycle for most creatives. It's something we're all trying to like actively avoid is like not getting burned out, but still pushing and still having that like tunnel vision, excitement, commitment to a series. So I am definitely one who makes works in series. I'll go and make a bunch of work and then take a month or two or three off. Um, So this was no exception, but I felt like now I kind of feel that pit in my stomach urge to make a new series again, which is super exciting. And I need to foster that energy and kind of like channel it because once you obviously get in the mode of not making artwork, you can prioritize other things, maybe do other parts of your art business, um, which are equally as rewarding at times, but Mm -hmm. really finding that need to like dive into the creative process again. So especially now that it's freaking May already. Um, <laughs> I spent, it's actually perfect that we're recording this this past weekend. I actually reorganized my studio, which if anyone knows me, that is my default when I- It happens a lot. <laughs> I just need to like, I need to get organized. I need to reorganize my space. And um, I am a huge component of like being connected to your space. So this past mm-hmm. weekend- I rearranged some tables again for like the 50th time. <laughs> I feel like I'm always changing things. <laughs> Basically made this like my little sanctuary design corner, which I absolutely love. So in most studios that I've had in the past, I've always had a space like this. And I re- I've recognized in the past few months that I've really been missing that in my creative space lately. I kind of have a desk to do admin work. I have a painting area where I can just get messy and do everything, but then having a space that's a lot of writing and sketching, no technology is allowed in that area, um, unless I'm doing like a time-lapse video. So essentially it's like stations, kind of, if you think about it in a kitchen, right? And the creative process is not that different from cooking in many ways, different episode for sure. (laughs) But 
essentially, you know, how in the kitchen you have like where you prepare the food, where you clean up, you know, where you store, right. you're basically doing something similar in your studio where instead of it being mingled, you actually have distinct stations and it just makes it flow better for you, doesn't it? Right, exactly. And especially for my mental space. I mean, Adriana, you and I both have started in the second bedrooms of our house or apartments. Mm-hmm. So especially now being able to embrace having a studio outside of our living space, I am definitely one who likes those separate spheres where it's like, okay, if I'm at this table, like I am painting and in, in that mindset. If I'm in this desk, I'm in admin, newsletter, website mindset. And so I was really struggling to have that design conceptualizing brain when I was sitting at the admin desk. I don't know. That Mm -hmm. might sound weird to some people, but I am super excited about this little corner. It's already like plastered on the walls with sketches and ideas. So I feel like it's that perfect addition to my studio that I needed. Or maybe I'm just using that to rationalize me spending another hour organizing my space. I don't know. <laughs> Look, as someone who has previously organized the M&Ms by color, I am not Whoa. one to judge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. And your studio, I mean, it's so organized too. That You have like your whole Adriana art store. You have display areas. So you're definitely no stranger to reorganizing your space as well. <laughs> um, my stations are not as specific necessarily um i do have stations that double up for two and three purposes which will definitely have to make a whole episode about organizing your creative space for sure um but i do (laughs) yeah exactly but they do have specific purposes and i will say you know since we're talking about creative warm-ups and what to do when you're stuck I will say one of my main work tables is the only place I do my color mixing and my color swatching. So I will say that um, that is one of the ways I get out of a creative funk. I do get colors and try to make new recipes. And yes, I do write down, you know, the the proportions of the different colors so that I can mix it anytime I want again and again. Um but it's almost like a way to brainstorm ideas while you're doing something that is almost autopilot to a certain extent where you're just reacting. Do I like this? Do I not like this? And you already know exactly what you're going to mix with what and what in what order and kind of like what you're, I mean, it takes time to get to where you have your own color (laughs) journal formula book type. True situation and no one can match yours your book is like the heaven I don't know about Bible. that I just like going in there and like flipping through your pages it's just so beautiful and I mean it's a resource for sure when you're mixing colors and trying to match from old paintings um but yeah it's almost that ritualistic thing that I feel like a lot of creatives talk about like for you it's that color mixing where it almost becomes second nature but by almost activating your hands, activating your mind, getting into the creative process. Even if you don't feel like you're in it, it almost pushes you into it. So then it you warms can, you up. It, it literally, warms, warms, it's, it's, right. it's like doing warm ups before an exercise, you know, right. just, and because it's a place where you're just experimenting, like looking at different things, it doesn't have the same pressure as this has to end as a finished product. This is more, yeah. this is, practical playtime. Right. <laughs> I guess that's the best way I can put it. Like it leads to something else, 
But at the time that you're doing it, there's no pressure if it needs to become something at the end. It's more of a, I'm building into my own language, my own resources, my own guide, right? In a way, kind of like you reorganizing, it's conductive towards what comes next. Like it just makes it more efficient and easier, but there's no pressure of what exactly it has to look like. Right, exactly. And I think that's one thing that we talk about all the time with creative warmups is just, yeah, having those no expectations, enjoying the process, getting your feet wet and not having expectations that it has to be the best thing ever. And so on today's episode, we'll actually be talking about 10 different ways that you can enter your creative practice, creative warmups for your studio practice, and really just getting into that groove to then create other work. So this is a conversation that we recorded a few weeks ago, but it's funny how it's literally things that we were doing yesterday, both in our studio. (laughs) Absolutely. Clearly they're applicable. They help us and we hope that they help you too. Take a listen. We are going to be talking about 10 creative warmups that we can use to kickstart our creativity, especially when you're feeling a little bit stuck or right before we start on our actual studio practice. Yeah. So this can be either in the morning when you first wake up, how you start your day, or we both have studios outside of our home. So if we're going into the studio, how to kind of transition that mindset. I have a full-time day job. So transitioning from day job mode to creativity mode is always something that I struggle with. So having one of these 10 things to really kick that off because you and I are both very much habits of routine and we like our structure, but sometimes you almost need to like jolt yourself into this new mindset. So Adrienne, why don't you start with number one? So the first one that I have on my list is to do a mind download into a journal right after waking up. So sometimes you wake up, either have this vivid dream or you have this big idea on a new painting, or maybe you just have a laundry list of things you have to do through the day. So the idea being you kind of do a mind download, you kind of unclutter your brain, you know, first thing in the morning before you even look at your phone, you just got to throw it out there, then decide from there, you know, what your priorities are. Mm -hmm. Um, If some of them are on the creative side of things, if you happen to have some of those materials (laughs) for a different day, Um, if you happen to have some of those materials at hand, you know, then you can choose to tackle it then or do you wait to get into your creative space uh, to get started. But I feel like that's a, one of the best ways for me, at least to kind of warm up. Yeah, I definitely use that too all the time. I mean, both from a creative practice and just in everyday life in general, especially with the overwhelm. And I'll put basically anything and everything on that list, which is why it's so nice. Everything from studio priorities to shopping lists to things I want to do a week from now, two weeks from now, just downloading all of it because then you know, okay, it's on paper. I'm not going to forget about it because otherwise you can't fully get into the creative mindset when you have to remember to add garlic to your shopping list for this recipe next week. Like getting it down on paper, it makes it so much easier to be creative. Yeah. Um, Kind of related to that, mine, so number two, is physical movement. So this is very, very important for my creative practice. Um, I am 
I've always been an athlete. I'm always moving, going to the gym, doing workouts, going for runs, doing yoga in my studio. And this is probably a non-negotiable for me. I can directly relate my bad creativity days in the studio where I'm like, well, I haven't worked out in three days. I'm feeling the funk and it shows in every aspect of my life. So physical movement is huge for me. I always have some type of like notebook or post-it note nearby when I am doing that though, because inevitably kind of like with the brain download, once you like download everything out of your mind, I find the same as when I'm working out, once I'm just focused on my body, my mind clears up. And so then inevitably I have ideas that start flowing or I can get into that creative space. And then the, the ideas are just flowing like crazy. I have to write them down. Okay, finish up my workout because I need to get into the studio yesterday. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, the next one I have on my list is reading an art book. It can be about an art style or an art movement. Um, it can also be about the business of being an artist as a small business yeah. owner you know, in a creative field. Um, I find that kind of reading, you know, either the careers of other artists or just about the business side, it kind of lets you switch off creation mode for a moment mm -hmm. and kind of focus on the how, um, if you will, or at least trigger some curiosity, especially if you're reading about like a specific art movement where you just go, how did they do that? How did that come to be? Um, and then you can go into introspection mode, like where do your influences come from? Mm -hmm. um, or if your favorite artist got influenced by somebody else, where did that come from? Uh, things of that nature. I mean, it can be a rabbit hole, but honestly, you know, if you're feeling stumped, it can be a really good way to say, okay, this is something, you know, that I'm interested in that is still in a creative field um, and it can kind of open up and give you some ideas. Right. And get you ideas. And then also like helps, I feel like with the credibility of a lot of your work too, like the more educated you are on the history of either your style or just the art industry in general is always super helpful because you can tie either other motifs from artists or different styles. And that's always going to be more beneficial than not. And so again, kind of related to my number four would be listening to podcasts. And so very much the same vein, Adriana of just getting into the mind of other people. I love listening to interviews of other creatives and even other just entrepreneurs in general, um, having their ideas, obviously with a podcast, I can be doing other things while I'm listening. And so, um, I really like listening to podcasts, both art related, business related, or even just entrepreneurship in general. Absolutely. Really Just get yeah. some positive energy in the space. It's yeah. Nice. I like that too, especially there's a lot of good ones out there on motivation and mindset and yeah. Just kind of aligning, you know, without going too rude, but aligning the <laughs> energies to what you're intending to do. So yeah, it was we'll, a little bit of everything. And we'll definitely do like a whole episode just on like podcasts that we love, books. books that we love. We're both huge bookworms. Yes. I used to love <laughs> audiobooks, but I've definitely gone into I need to mark up all of these pages, pen on paper books. So we'll definitely do a whole episode on those. Yes. That'll be a long one. <laughs> probably multiple parts. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. We'll all probably right. have like, you know, periodically have to make an update on that one. Oh yeah. So what's um, number five? I have color mixing or swatching new colors. Uh, this might be a little type A for some folks. Um, <laughs> but you will see if there is a pattern. We're with, both uh, little type A. <laughs> yeah. 
There is. Um, but honestly, especially, you know, for me, color mixing is just, I mean, color is just one of the biggest elements in, you know, visual arts anyways. Yeah. It doesn't hurt to practice. And for me, color mixing, creating my own colors, my own formulas, um, or swatching brand new colors that just got out of the store and seeing how they react with other colors that I already love. I mean, yeah, I'm not going to go into <laughs> color nerd mode. We're going to have a whole episode about that, I'm sure, about color. Mm-hmm. Um, but to me, it's a great way to start the studio practice. So if I'm stumped, better know where to go. Maybe I just sit down, just mix some colors, swatch some colors. I'm already in that movement, you know, with a brush and a palette knife, you know. Yeah. It, it just kind of just kind of winds you up. Yeah, definitely. What's your next one? So mine in the type A mindset is reorganizing my studio. So I love the idea of like color swatching, getting you like physically almost primed to create. And I find that I'm the same way when I just start reorganizing my studio. So it might be reorganizing my paints, moving shelves around, clearing off my workstation. It almost gets me like reacquainted with the space and re-familiarizes myself with maybe like an old material that I haven't touched in a few days or even a few weeks of, oh, I forgot I had this color or let me move things over here to basically bring the space back to life, which is especially needed if I've either been in there way too much or I haven't been in there recently. So if I've been in there way too much, we all know that view of whether it's just your kitchen table, whether it's a second bedroom in your home, whether it's your own full studio, when you have this late night painting and you come in the next morning and it's like, oh my goodness, how did I leave this space this it's way? Hurricane. Yes. So it's like, let's just reorganize a little bit, get acquainted. Or if I've been on a trip, if I haven't been in the studio that often, then kind of feeling like almost like a visitor in my own space. So reorganizing always helps me get reacquainted, get comfortable. All right, get back in the motion. Um, And that always helps me get my creative energy going. I like that. And I would say I've been on that path before for sure. Yes. Um, Especially when I have new art supplies and then I have to figure out where they go. Um, (laughs) Not everything, but some things are color coded. Oh, yeah. Organized by type of paint or type of medium. So that's always an opportunity to go in and be like, okay, what's the new home for this? Well, it's not just bundled because then you end up with, you know, four tubes of the same color. That's not effective. Yeah. But let's have them by colors, let's have them by viscosity, etc. So I am definitely with that one. Um, sometimes yeah. you just need to clean and organize your studio, clean yeah. your space, unclutter your space to allow you know, your creativity to flow. But um, exactly. My next one that I have on the list is to prepare a new canvas or panel with gesso and our background colors. Mm. Um, It depends how your artistic practice goes, whether or not, you know, how much of this you would do. Definitely most everybody could gesso. Um, Sometimes what comes straight out of the store is not sufficient and you may want to add more gesso to your canvas or if you have a straight up wood panel, there are certain things you would do to prepare it um, to avoid the chemicals from the wood to seep into your paint. That's like a two nerd, but we can do that that some other time. Um, But also with background colors. So the way that my process works is I do build a lot of uh, fun and sometimes chaotic layers in the beginning, regardless of what the painting will turn into. So it can be very relaxing. Um, 
I mean, it's, it's judgment free. You just go out there and yeah. again, it goes back into being already in the physical motion of painting or preparing, etc. Um, and a lot of times by the time you're done with background colors, etc., it might just spark something like, Ooh, I know, you know, that reminds me of this, or I want to, uh, develop this further and turn it into a botanical or a landscape or an abstract, whatever, whatever the case may be. Yeah, definitely. And number eight for mine, I think that's definitely related to yours in terms of like beginning stages of the creative process. So this might not be necessarily a warm up, but it's starting to get into, okay, physically putting gesso on panel. Or for me, number eight would be starting with the drawing. So I always have drawing as a key component of my process. And so I always draw with Sharpie. I use rulers and stencils and straight edges. Um, obviously everyone's process is different, but having whichever process you start with, just having no expectations. I start with a loose piece of paper. If it evolves into a larger composition that I want to use, great. If not, it's really is just a warm up. It's getting into that flow um, and just starting to make something that might evolve into something bigger. It might not, but sometimes you just got to get started. <laughs> oh, yes, you do. I totally agree with that one. Um, so what's number nine? Number nine is a finishing painting. So sometimes when you're in the flow, you don't want to do this. You're, I mean, you're just in creation mode, but, um, if you're stumped or you're just trying to warm up, I love to just do, you know, the hanging hardware, adding the titles, varnishing, painting the sides. Once again, it goes into the motion of what you're preparing to do next, but it's also a way of just kind of closing the chapter on some of these unfinished projects and just kind of gives you that little boost of confidence of like, yes, I can check this painting off the list. It is done. It is a way to tell your brain, no more paint is going on this thing. <laughs> we are done. Don't touch it. Yeah. Like, we're done. <laughs> check it off. Package it up. Yeah. It, it is time Bye-bye. to go. You hang it up, store it, you know, whatever you need to do, list it on the <laughs> website. But it kind of helps you kind of get closure on it before you embark yeah. on a new painting session, which now you're just, you know, raw energy and, and colors and things like that. But mm-hmm. it just kind of gives you that sense of, again, you're doing the motion that you're preparing to do on something new. Yeah, that nice closure, the red ribbon at the end of a project. And that feels so good. There's nothing better when you like finish like five paintings in one day. Just like the hardware is like, oh, okay. Finally. Walk into the studio and breathe again. (laughs) Exactly. And be prepared for something new and not dread. Oh my gosh, I have to paint the sides of 20 paintings and do the hardware. No, no. It's a good way to just... Even just one Get it out of the way. Yeah, just get it out of the way. Um, Again, if you're not feeling the flow, just go and do the work and um, yeah, warm up for the, you know, what's coming next. So what do we have for number 10? Okay, so number 10, last but not least, is journaling or writing. And so even though it may seem counterintuitive to the creative process, we're like, why would I write when I'm a painter or I'm a photographer where or whichever medium you choose to work in? I feel as though writing is always super important because it really helps you synthesize your ideas. It helps you kind of take a pause from the creative process sit with your ideas and figure out, okay, what is my goal for this piece or this series? What concepts do I want the viewer to experience or what ideas am I looking to explore? 
And then by just taking time to write it out, it can be full-on formal artist statements or it could just be a brain download of ideas. Either way, it's very beneficial because it helps you then express yourself and what the art is trying to say to other people. It really helps having that time to take every single angle that you can with the work and then also redirect yourself saying, okay, I want to further explore this idea. How else can I do it? And it might lead to one or two or five more pieces now that you have a more focused direction with the concepts that you're trying to express. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. And we also did a few bonus ones. So this this were our top 10, but um, these are a couple <laughs> extra fun ones. So the one that I wrote down was sketch. <laughs> it's like a challenge. I did say I don't think it's a challenge. So no. setting the scene, picture Adriana in her art studio, Ooh. completely stumped on what to work on next. Yep. What are you doing? I need to bring out the big guns. <laughs> it's it's this bonus one. Sketch with a non with your do, non dominant hand while dancing to the rhythm of music. Oh my goodness! <laughs> so just rock out to your favorite tune or whatever music genre you're into. Something that you can sing along. Just have a sheet of paper, a panel, a canvas. It doesn't matter non-dominant hand, you know, have a pencil, <laughs> have a brush, whatever you want, and just... I can picture it now. That's amazing. Um, yeah, if you go to my Instagram, once in a while, there may be a dancing video. Stories only, of course. Um, 24 <laughs> hours so and funny. then they vanish. Thank goodness. Um, but I yeah, love it. It's just a way to kind of get... It, it kind of combines some of the things on our list already. Yeah. So it combines... You know, the physical movement that you were talking about earlier. It also combines, you know, sketching, also on your list. Yes. Now that I think about <laughs> it. And then the non dominant hand. I mean, it's just a way to kind of break away, no judgment, no expectations, just see what happens. Who knows? I mean, at the end of the day, you can always cover it up. So, right, exactly. Uh, you, you may also see a shape in there that you're like, Ooh, actually, I want to incorporate this into a painting. Um, I mean, worst case scenario, you just have just have fun. Just had a dance party for like yeah. five minutes. <laughs> yeah, my bonus is very similar in terms of having no expectations. So if I am super, super stumped or I'm just not in the mood to create, I'm sitting in the studio. My default is always to do admin work, get on the computer, get in a spreadsheet. But if I know, okay, I need to prioritize creative time. I love being a beginner. I love feeling as though I have no idea what I'm doing because when you're a brand new to something, you have no expectations for yourself. You can't have any self-doubt. You don't expect yourself to be good. So you can just go crazy. So kind of similar with your dancing <laughs> where I'll pick up a brand new medium. Maybe it's a type of paint. Maybe it's even just like a color palette that I'm not used to working with and doing more color mixing and just playing around and truly experimenting can be so much fun. And it, again, it sparks something that you didn't expect when you go in with no expectations. Exactly. It's so fun. All right, let's do a quick summary of our top 10 tips. Absolutely. So mind download into journal right after waking up. All right. Number two was doing physical movement, either yoga, going for a walk or getting a gym workout in. 
Uh, number three was reading an art book. Uh, it can be about an art style, art movement, or about the business of being an artist. Number four was listening to a podcast. This can either be on your way into the studio while you're getting your physical movement in or just while sitting in your studio. Uh, next one on the list, uh, we have color mixing or swatching of new colors. Number six was reorganizing your studio space, either cleaning up, restructuring, just getting reacquainted with your physical space. Uh, number seven, prepare a new canvas or panel with gesso and or background colors. Number eight was doing a drawing that could then be turned into a larger piece or just be a cool drawing. Uh, number nine, finishing paintings, ha uh, adding hanging hardware varnish, painting the sides, things of that nature. And final number 10 was doing journaling and writing, working through the concepts of your work, and just evolving the words that you're using when you talk about your work to other people. Absolutely. And then, of course, we have the, the fun <laughs> ones in there. Uh, sketch of the non-dominant hand while dancing to the rhythm of music. And... And the last bonus of becoming a beginner again, just experimenting, having fun, having no expectations and working in a medium or scale that you've never tried before. All right, that's the wrap on today's conversation and we hope you enjoyed this episode. Both of our blogs will be linked in the show notes where you can find full episode notes, resources and links for every podcast episode. If you want to stay connected with us in between episodes and share what you have learned, you can follow us on social media. I'm Ame Art across all platforms. And I'm Jay Sanders Studio across all platforms. Thank you so much for listening and we'll talk to you next week.